Thanks for tuning in to Community Connection. I'm Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague. We created this series to highlight our community partners and lift up our local businesses in light of the COVID-19 disaster. The financial hardship on our local economy has been like nothing that we've experienced, but through partnership and innovation, we've been working to safely navigate this pandemic. Here to talk about those efforts is Josh Schamberger of Think Iowa City. Thanks for joining me, Josh. So happy you're here with me today. Yeah, happy to be here, Mayor. It's good to see you, even if it's uh, virtually. I, I know, I know. It's That's where we are these days. It's a struggle, to tell you the truth, and I think it's a little bit less efficient, even though some businesses might think it's more efficient. Uh, it's 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 been a challenge to uh, make sure that everybody's kind of feels good and on the same page when you're not sitting across from a table and it's through like six or seven Zoom pictures. It's yes. been challenging. Yeah, the Zoom meetings for me has been never ending, which is great. We can still operate, but it's, it seemed like for me it's been a little busier. I don't know what it looks like for you, especially since you deal with a lot of businesses in our community. What has it looked like for you as far as like the uptick in work or downslope in work? I think it's very much been more challenging. You know, we don't have our, our employees are not here in our office. They work remotely from home. And so not being able to say, hey, we need to get in the conference room for uh, in 30 minutes, all of us, and just be on the same page and, and to try and stack those individual and group meetings amongst the conversations we're having on a regular basis with our industry partners, whether they be the hotel community, the restaurant community, emergency management, makes for a long day on the computer and in front of the screen. It gets a little lonely, for sure. I want to start with your name. So Think Iowa City is what I've been calling you all here recently, yeah. but tell us about the, I, the name change or how all that is working with the Iowa City, Corville, um, what is it, the the visiting convention <laughs> of visitors bureau yeah 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 so uh so our organization was formed in 1980 when iowa city and coralville both passed a local hotel motel tax referendum and so basically all that meant was in 1980 the two cities put on the ballot uh, an additional tax that was assessed on hotel room stays and uh, that tax is uh seven percent so for every person staying in a hotel room in Iowa City, Coralville, or North Liberty, there's an additional tax that's assessed. And a portion of that tax, about 25%, goes to fund our efforts. And our efforts center around bringing visitors and events to this community uh, to drive economic development at restaurants, hotels, attractions, festivals, and special events. And we've operated since 1980 as the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And that's how most are known around the country. Just in the state of Iowa, there's about 28 or 29 convention and visitors bureaus. Uh, but more and more recently, you know, uh, to better position ourselves and, and geographic location, uh, we did a couple years worth of homework and decided to change our name uh, really externally to visitors to Think Iowa City. Uh, more and more people, you know, whether they be in Chicago or Minneapolis or even New York, uh, out, out west, Colorado, uh, really right. Iowa City, they kind of knew where Iowa City was, maybe a little bit more so than North Liberty. So we lead with Think Iowa City, although we're here to serve Iowa City, Coralville, and North Liberty uh, really equally as one community. So with the 
COVID-19, you, you talked about the hotel and the restaurants. What has been your involvement there? Because definitely there's been a downturn in hotel stays and the governor had shut down all the restaurants and then just, well, revised how the restaurants right. can operate and now just open up restaurants with 50% occupancy. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about how you've been in conversation with restaurant and hotel owners? Yeah, you bet, Mayor. It's been, um, it's been absolutely devastating in the hotel community. I mean, very quickly, uh, I would say by the third week of March, uh, roughly 80 to 90% of the local hotel workforce had been laid off. Uh, the Graduate, the biggest hotel in Iowa City, um, closed up operations through at least June 1st is their current plan. Uh, Hyatt Place, another prominent Iowa City hotel, also closed down operations, uh, as did um, a, a couple in Coralville. Uh, so it, it's been challenging. And, and unfortunately, as, as optimistic as I try and pride myself on being, I don't, I don't anticipate that changing for some time. I think you know, hotel stays and visitors uh, are going to be in the latter stages of recovery in our community. And as much as we try and accelerate that, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Uh, we are doing everything we can to assist them. Uh, I send out very regular emails and I've tried to help where I can with the hotel needs that do exist. Uh, very early on, we, we helped the shelter house and DVIP. I participate in the daily EOC calls, as you know, I know you participate in those as well. Yes. Uh, we've tried to fill a void and make some connections where necessary, but it, it nowhere near is at the ability of moving the needle on some of these hotels, whereas they normally would run 70, 75% occupancy right now, they're struggling to get to about 15% market wide. Yeah. Um, restaurants, as you indicated, are in this similar situation. Um, I think they'll come back a little faster than the hotels, hopefully. Um, but again, you know, I think more, more, more importantly than anything else, it's going to have to be what this community deems as appropriate in recovery, uh, maybe more so than what the governor would like us to move. We need to trust our local leaders, our county officials, and our healthcare providers. And, and I think our restaurants and hotels and really all businesses are, are doing a good job in that regard. So this weekend on Friday, actually, the governor reopened the options for inside restaurant seating. And so I'm not sure what if you've had a chance to get an update on how some of the restaurant owners, are they open? Uh, what is the balance or the amount of people that have opened? And what are some of the challenges they're seeing? Because if you only can do 50 percent, um, six people at a table, I don't know if you have any feedback from this first weekend of being uh, having restaurants inside open again. Yeah, I actually went out this weekend and um, ventured out to a few just to see how things were going. Uh, and uh, I did notice a couple of them were open, although there was uh, maybe at most one or two parties uh, in, in the restaurant. I would say just on my own little uh, run around town, the majority are, are not open and several have indicated that they're, they're not going to be opening anytime soon. Uh, they're going to kind of wait and see uh, uh, when they deem appropriate for their employees and their customers' uh, health reasons to reopen. Um, uh, I, I, I regularly speak with, uh, you know, Matt Swift and Brian Flynn and Brandon Pratt, a couple of good friends of mine who own a number of restaurants in this community. And 
Uh, you know, they were opening some cautiously. Uh, a couple of them, they were planning to open today. They've all done a tremendous amount of taking a tremendous amount of precautions to try and open safely. Um, I know uh, Brandon Pratt, who owns all the pizza ranches, posted a, a really impressive video of all the changes that they're making. Uh, it's going to be a struggle, though. I mean, a lot of these restaurants, particularly in downtown Iowa City, you know, they're just not large enough to for 50 percent to be effective. If you can get a, a decent sized restaurant, you know, it may work. Uh, but, you know, a lot of those, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't do anything. It's just they're going to have to try to continue to survive, um, you know, with the takeout to go model uh, that's been in place for a while now. So. It's disappointing in a lot of ways. It's, uh, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night with a little bit of a, of a panic attack, wondering how we get them come out of this, but we just got to keep our head down and do the best to try and move forward. Well, I have to tell you that the restaurant owners and managers have been really innovative by having the pickup option for those that do allow, you know, that kind of quickly created a pickup option for people even had to do some online operations as well to allow customers to view and order online. So there, our restaurants have been innovative and now that things are reopened, I imagine that they're gonna slowly reopen some and some may wait until it, they feel it's appropriate for them. How do you really uh, foresee in the future because some are saying we can be here for a while. What are your thoughts and what, what are things yeah. you're doing to kind of help, you know, really stay in conversation with the restaurants as well as the hotels? Because I imagine at times it looks a little gray. It does. I mean, it is, it's going to be a challenge. And, and my prediction is, is probably as, as good as yours, Mayor Teague, maybe not as good as yours or, or anyone. I don't, I don't think anybody truly knows where we're going to be at next week, let alone July 1st. Uh, my guess is, though, that we're we're likely in for another long few months. I hope not, uh, but at this point, I, I kind of believe it is what it is. You know, we recently I partnered with our other four, three or other economic and community development organizations here in town, the uh, the business partnership ICAD and the downtown district to put together a, a bit of a ex expanded network that we're calling Project Better Together. This sort of network, and I'm hopeful that uh, that that group is able to kind of strengthen the collaboration and how we go about sharing resources in, in this community. Cause I, I don't really see another way at, out of this. Um, you know, I, I personally am more and more coming to the realization that, you know, the days in which our silos could effectively continue to operate are gone. And in some ways that may be a good thing, you know, to be clear in, in normal times, um, you know, we could have a collaborative community meeting or discussion where people were kind of polite and smile. And then afterwards, uh, they go, everybody goes to their uh, parking lot conversations <laughs> after the meeting and go to protect their own turf. Um, you know, we all know there have been divisions here in this community between town and gown, between cities and the county, east side of the campus and the west side of the river, uh, between our banks and our hospitals. Even some of our nonprofits, uh, there's, there's been divisions. And while that hasn't always been ideal, it's been something that we could tolerate because, you know, things were good. It's just been one of those quirks about our place, uh, a nuisance, but not really a major obstacle. 
And now that I think everybody's turf is in jeopardy in some way, we just don't have the time for that sort of old way. Uh, people in this community are hurting right now today, and it's going to get exponentially worse if we're not aligned as a community. I think you're so, you know, now's not the time to kind of panic and, and isolate. It's, it's more and more about a time to come together and figure out how we work as a community, as opposed to where our municipal boundaries end. I'll tell you, the, the community has been banding together on so many levels. And I so appreciate the organization of Project Better Together coming together collaboratively with a lot of businesses and thanks for your involvement and part of that leadership steering committee. I, I think it's going to be very beneficial for our community. And you do bring up a good point. In order for us to optimize success, during COVID-19, we're gonna to have to rely on each other. And I think that's an opportunity that the Project Better Together really brings to our community. And this is across various organizations and how that, organ how that um, committee will kind of make suggestions that still is, uh, remains to be seen. But I think the initial intent is to get a lot of different people at the table to talk about some resolutions within our community. So I, thanks for being a part of that. I'm very appreciative to know that it is happening. It, you know, it started with kind of, I'm sure some ideas and thoughts and now it's moving forward. Yeah, you bet, Mayor. I mean, we, we recognize that this project Better Together Network that we kind of rolled out Friday amongst the four of us, you know, it doesn't have any real authority. I mean, it's just, it's just a collection of leaders uh, that are assembled and the institutions that they represent certainly uh, do have a lot of authority and are able to kind of immediately impact change. Uh, we have aimed it to be kind of inclusive and agile and strategic, but our goal really there is nothing more than communicate weekly as a community. And for us as four organizations to bring quick wins and things that we're hearing need to be addressed and answered today to that group and for that group to be able to provide us the guidance and the resources when and where needed uh, to, to take care of those quick things, those quick wins, you know, uh, an unpre unprecedented level of collaboration across this entire economic ecosystem is going to be needed to accelerate recovery. So if we know that today, you know, at the end of this month, that food with love program that's been providing 1200 meals a week to our community's biggest need is going to run out of funding at the end of this month. Uh, and it may even need to be expanded to 2,000 meals a week in the coming months. Well, let's solve that problem like before this Friday. And let's push that and get that taken care of for six months. And what, what are our immediate shelter needs? And what are our immediate uh, PPE needs for businesses to safely reopen? If we can bring those to this kind of a group that truly represent the community and we can knock those off, just little quick wins, you know, a month from now, two months from now, we may have 10, 12 quick wins and be able to expedite uh, and accelerate some of this recovery uh, safely and, and efficiently. I think sharing resources and just people sharing their own personal success stories of how they were able to acquire some PPP, as well as others uh, sharing how they didn't have, they're finding a challenging to find some PPE. So I think collaborations like this really do uh, make it possible for some solutions. And uh, I, again, I'm just happy that it's happening. One, one thing I wanted to know, because I know that you all bring people to our community and 
what are some of the things that were on the docket this year that will not happen or even next spring or or what are some things that you think may not take place that you just kind of dread you have to delay or cancel? Yeah, there's been a lot. I mean, there's been a lot since March. Uh, you know, we were we were pretty involved in creating events like the Run Crandick Marathon. We're, we're major supporters. I personally was one of the, the founding board members and organizers of the Summer of the Arts. So for us not to be able to have the Arts Fest and the Run Crandick Marathon that took place or Blues and Barbecue in North Liberty that we provide a lot of fun, those are those are difficult things. And, and you know, I'm sure right behind it are maybe the Coralville Fourth Fest Parade. Ragbri's already been canceled. You know, we're looking at whether or not Fry Fest happens. I mean, who knows about a fall football schedule at this point? So it's a challenging year. But, you know, the, the bright side is that the people that we work with uh, from meeting and event planners here, both in the state, but nationally are still um, are still making plans for future events. You know, we recently announced the booking that, you know, Iowa city is going to be home starting next January to the annual state high school, state girls wrestling tournament. And that that'll be a significant event that brings, you know, several thousand people to town. Uh, we just announced a major gymnastics event We're we're partnering with Iowa city Um some folks at the university, we just put in a bid and we're notified we're a finalist for uh, a 2021 um, USA weightlifting event that'll bring several thousand of people to town. Um, it remains to be seen as to where and how long this stretches out, but you know, uh, it's gonna be a tough several months, but, but we will return. Jingle Cross has been a major event in the fall. We haven't made any decisions on that. Uh, that's in October. If we're still in this kind of situation in August, then obviously we're going to make the right decision and we're, we're going to have the interest in the health of our community first. But uh, we're, we're still hopeful and optimistic that when the fall rolls around, we can at least start to recover a little bit and, and bring people together. Well, we have a little time to figure that out. And people in our community, they they really do want to do the right thing. and. Who knows how this will be a couple of months from now when we're talking right. about public, e big, bigger events. I think that Iowa City has been innovative so far and, and the surrounding area, right? And I think we're going to continue to be innovative of how we can coexist with COVID-19 because I think that's where we are now. Uh, we can cancel everything and not go anywhere, but um, I, I'm interested to see how, as this prolongs itself, how will we begin to reinvent how we have, you know, inter intermingle with each other? So I do think that we have to be very cautious and very thoughtful um, and almost draw out every action that can be taken. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic that Iowa City, on some level, will figure out ways that we can be innovative and coexist safely without compromising anyone's health or because I think that's most important not to do anything that will compromise it. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, what gets me through a little bit of the fear of, uh, you know, not knowing what the future looks like is, is just kind of focusing and, and the realization that, that to see this as an opportunity and one that maybe we've been prepared for, for a while, you know, not, not so much as a pandemic, but just the, the way we've tried to work to build trust and collaboration between the cities and university and private sector. You know, we have very strong local partnerships here and, and um, you know, um, 
I think that now's the time to kind of leverage those relationships and collaborations. And in many ways, um, collaboration is kind of the new currency. So we will figure it out. I, I can tell you that, you know, I wouldn't want to be in any other community than right here. You know, nice. what community this size has three, three large hospitals and one of them's a leading research hospital. We've got integrated DNA and they're a major piece of the testing puzzle and very strong political leadership, incredibly smart, caring leaders uh, like you, you know, Mayor, Mayor Lindell, Mayor Donahue. So the community's in good hands, uh, as, as good of hands as we can be in. Uh, it, you know, to, to, to deal with this and to, uh, and to overcome this. So in closing, I wanted to just ask, is there anything that you wanted to say to those out there? I know that the hotel and the uh, restaurant, uh, we have workers that are frontline workers right now, especially now that the restaurants are open to the public or can be open to the public. What final words would you like to say to our greater community and even to any of those uh, workers out there? You know, I would say um, that we're doing everything we can to try and return to some, you know, pre-March normalcy. And for those of you that are out there that are continuing to struggle, whether it be with employment uh, or, or other things, to please contact us. I mean, this is, this is part of our roles and responsibilities. It's, it's shifted and it's changed. Uh, but we need to be able to respond to our community uh, uh, in a new way. And we've done everything we can. We built a website. We, we quickly aligned our, our communications teams and we put a website out there called icareatogether.com. And it's, 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 it's loaded with available resources for businesses, uh, but also individuals. You know, we took advantage of an existing job bank um, that was uh, really well done with Nancy Bird and Betsy downtown district. And now we've expanded it community wide uh, for those hotel frontline work workforce. We've tried to push them into, into uh, jobs that are available. And there are businesses that are hiring right now, uh, at least in a temporary or interim capacity until we can get them back into, uh, into the, uh, the professions that they're, they've enjoyed, uh, whether it be hotels or restaurants or dining or attractions or anything else. Uh, but, but reach out to us. Um, don't ever be afraid. It's a, it's a challenging and scary time for everybody. And so we're here to serve and, uh, you know, we're ready to assist in any way we can. Well, thank you again, Josh. You're awesome and amazing. And so are you mayor <laughs> trademark that thing. Tell him uh, you trademark it. <laughs> oh yeah. And we will talk to you again. Thank you so much for being a part of today. You bet. Thanks, Mayor. Yes. You can also stay informed on city news related to COVID-19 by visiting icgov.org slash coronavirus. We post daily about city response efforts and share medical resources. Watch for our episode on Thursday featuring the Community Foundation of Johnson County. Until then, remember we're all in this together. Be safe, Iowa City.